Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Bonnie, Leah, and Jen talking about our one cool science gal. Bonnie already talked about Rosalind Franklin. Rosalind? Rosalind. Rosalind Franklin. Roz. Um, And before we dive back in, Leah is going to tell us what's going on in the Gal's Guide calendar this week. That's right. So for uh, the week of May 9th through the 15th, if you were in Noblesville for the on-ramp workshop training, come see the Gal's Guide booth in the South Alley from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. and come learn what we are all about. That is Thursday, May 12th. Also, do you like to kick butts and eat nuts? Well, then you're going to love meeting the unbeatable squirrel girl at the Fisher's Library. So that's right. Our friend of the Gal's Guide Library, Squirrel Girl, will be posing for pictures and encouraging people to paint on the Fisher's Arts Council's triptych. It's basically three canvases that all connect into a thing. I had to be uh, explained what that was. Um, Of the great squirrel stampede of 1822. So you are invited to paint on these three amazing canvases before it goes on display in Fisher's for the anniversary. So that is Saturday, May 14th from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Is it paint by numbers? Um, it is basically kind of like a coloring page. Okay. So it doesn't have a number on it, but it's that same basic idea <laughs> where you can pick a section and color in between the lines is what they recommend. Uh, and then everybody's a part of it. So it's pretty cool. I might need to go to figure out more about this squirrel stampede. The squirrel stampede is pretty awesome. Didn't we talk about it last time? Maybe, but this is still, it sounds like a Parks and Rec episode. It kind of is, <laughs> like... but it happened in Noblesville. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Squirrels ran out of food and they just run amok at the town. <laughs> it's fantastic. But Squirrel Girl has been working in therapy with the other squirrels to make sure that we're all okay and we're all super <laughs> and stuff. But Katie, you had a get-to-know-you question for us. I certainly do. Yeah. I would like to know, I mean, it's not a hard question, but let me find it in the script. <laughs> okay, yes. Because okay. you want to get it right. Yeah, I do. Absolutely, I don't want right? to mess this up. Yes. <laughs> would you donate your body to science after you die? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> use, <laughs> I'm not using personal? it anymore. <laughs> right? Like, See? Um, no, I would need to like get the logistics on all of it, because I'm, I'm an ogre. Ugh. Organ donor? Yeah, I'm an organ donor. Right. Um, I definitely, I don't think, like, while the body farms are, like, very important. Yes. I don't yeah. think I'd want to donate to the body farm. Right. Have you ever read, um, what is it? It's the Mary Roach bu- book about what they do with bed- dead bodies. Is it yeah. stiff? Yeah. Stiff. Yes. Stiff. I was thinking So grunt. she talks about the body farms. She also talks about how... Um, Corpses are used with uh, testing car safety. Oh. So you could be one of those corpses. Great. <laughs> I can't remember the other ones, but I read it like <laughs> a decade ago or something. Right. But there's no. a few different choices. I read, uh, there's uh, there's uh, quite a few morticians on TikTok. Oh, really? Um, All right. And I particularly liked that one that was uh, explaining about was they do the embalming process. Right. Like they have to 
plug up holes. Yes. Like he got a very big kick out of uh, these people who are very anti-LGBTQ and oh. you get buried with oh. like a butt plug. Oh. <laughs> I love it. See, I'm all for donating my body to science. Um, in personal, people I don't know, just discover something if you need to or just whatever. Right, right. But I have strict rules about like... We're not doing a viewing with an open casket. We're right. not embalming. <laughs> like that's where my rules are right, at a right. personal level. Yeah. Yes. It's like you're not handling <laughs> yeah. me. You're not looking at me. <laughs> no. Exactly. Yeah. Josh knows this and he taunts me all yeah. the time. Like, no, we're definitely having an open casket. And I'm gonna be, you know. <laughs> it's gonna be an address that you hate. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. Jen, do you have you have it do you have it all figured out? <laughs> no. Um <laughs> It took me a while to even become an organ donor because it freaked me out and creeped me out. The right. thought of my heart being in somebody else, but mm-hmm. like you said, not using it. But right, exactly. <laughs> actually, what turned me around on that was um, someone would be willing to give me their kidney. Right. So mm-hmm. when I is, is if I'm willing to take it, should be willing to give it. Right. So exactly. I, that that's what changed my mind with that. So I probably have to read more. Right. To look into it. I probably eventually would say yes, just because of the science part. My kid has a, a different take on it, though. I don't think he'd allow that. Right. He's already told me that where the casket's going to be and what color it's going to be. And I'm like, dude, why right. are you thinking about it this much? You got to plan stuff out just in case. I'm not allowed to be cremated, apparently, either. Oh. I mean, he's so, yeah, you know, I, I probably would if given enough information. Right. <laughs> Um, for the longest time, I d- wanted all of my organs, you know, with me when I kind of like passed and stuff like that. But then my daughter's in uh, medical school. Mm-hmm. And so she was really, you know, talking about the importance of, you know, being able to be an organ donor and being able to be, you know, the ultimate gift of giving somebody else life. And I'm like, right. damn it, you are too smart. <laughs> so, um, so I'm an organ donor and I, if she talks me into donating to my body to science, I would probably do it. Uh, but because I'm Buddhist, it's very much a uh, uh, cremation situation. Um, and then there is actually this process that I'm going to be taking a class on that's called Jitro. Starts with a Z. It's the 49 days after you have died um, that you do summonings to make sure that your soul and energy goes to the next place. Hmm. So sometimes in that process, you don't have a cremation and then sometimes you do. So it just depends. So there is part of that because I really, really love that process and that therapy for the people who are living basically of the Z. Because it really is more for the living than it is for the dead. They're gone. (laughs) So, but again, my daughter's really smart and she can talk me into things. So (laughs) if it's for the good of other people, I'll probably be like, yep, great idea. Let's do this. But if my husband plays big old Jedi liner, (sighs) He's been threatening to play that song <laughs> at my funeral. <laughs> He's, he says it encompasses me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, there is no part of big old jet airliner that encompasses me. But Katie, what would you do? <laughs> what do I have to arm wrestle Josh for to make sure that your needs are met? Oh, for my funeral? Yes. And for I... your body of wherever it's going. Is it going to science? <laughs> First of all, I need to get one of those 911 alert bracelets that goes to you. Yes. Because no, recent, that's a better idea. Recently, yeah. we were having some plumbing problems. Yeah. 
And I was like, if our tub falls from the second story to the bottom, because we've had like a slow leak, I was like, you have to clothe me before you call (laughs) to have my body removed from the house. And he was Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm just going to roll you out on the porch. Okay. All right. So let's just start with, you know, an immediate alarm to me. Yes. (laughs) I I will make sure that you have clothes on. But, you know, speaking of calling a doctor. Yes. It's a good segue. It's my lady. (gasps) Yes. Because I'm going to be telling you about um, England's first female physician first Yay! female doctor doctors look at that and i I've, i read about her in a few various online sources but one i liked laid out her life as 11 facts 11 little known facts oh yes about yes, yes. elizabeth garrett anderson elizabeth garrett anderson so i'm going to kind it. of follow along with that to, to okay. introduce her to you guys um so she was born on june 9th 1836 in whitechapel london she was one of 12 children Jeez. of a pawnbroker. Oh, my gosh. Right? Was business booming or something? 12 children <laughs> and a pawnbroker. Okay. Cool, well, cool, cool. he started out as a pawnbroker, bo- but he was clearly a very uh, motivated kind of businessman type. Was he in the mafia? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because I hear motivated and pawn in the same sentence. And, and I'm like, like, is he also in waste management in New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> nope. He was the manager of them. Okay. Um, and he just like hopped around from different kinds of industries, uh, managing um, and, you know, I don't know. Is that the typical business trajectory these days? You're like, sure. you just got to learn how to make other people work. And then you keep working yeah. higher and doing better. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, yep. So he did eventually end up. He owned. Um, I was trying to find a, uh, a malting barley oh. Oh, industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. There you okay. go. <laughs> it helps make beer. Cheers to that. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I'll tip right. my PBR to that. I like it. <laughs> Um, but he, he owned a few different um, a few different businesses, and eventually they were able to make uh, build their own mansion. Or a oh, house? so he know. was like he yeah, had a right? second house. Not that I know of, but because uh, <laughs> there's a but line, just one really right? Big one. <laughs> <laughs> that would not fly in the Franklin Both house. Both of these parents, like these, like. Nice black and white photos from the day. They look like very humble, grouchy old people. Oh, well, so sweet. I'm sure they had one house and lots of rules. Well, they were British. <laughs> they had, they had that's the default of the British look. Kids, yes. Like, wouldn't you be crazy? Wouldn't you be tired? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the the first three they had very quickly, and um, Elizabeth was one of them. Yeah. And then there was a bit of a pause, I think, as he worked on his career and they like settled into life um, and then had the rest of them a little bit later. Yeah. So she did like, you know, since she was, uh, I think, the second born. Okay. There was a big gap between her and some of her other siblings down the road. All right. There you go. But yeah, one of 12. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Another surprising fact for somebody who became a physician, because, you know, we know how much schooling and how much intelligence that takes. Right. Um, She didn't attend school until she was a teenager. Oh my gosh! So in the town, oh. they, in the town they lived in, there was no school. Uh, was she like home? She was homeschooled. Okay, okay, she was okay. homeschooled. Oh, yeah. sure. and stuff. She was okay. homeschooled by her mom. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they Isn't didn't it have cheaper public... to just hire one no, teacher yeah, to come yeah. to? You know what I mean? You have yeah. a classroom almost at this point. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it and they kind of did those kids to school, mm-hmm. no matter how old they were. Hire one teacher. <laughs> so she was taught by her mom until the age of ten. Um, but then they hired a governess. Yeah, okay, gotcha. 
So, and Elizabeth wasn't very fond of her governess because she wanted to learn more about science and math and those Ah, kinds of subjects. Right. Um, And and she eventually went to boarding school, and that was also her really big complaint. She didn't like her experience there because they didn't teach her about math and science. Ah. I like that she knew what she teach about literature. Right. (laughs) Yep. She definitely had an interest. And um, one thing that struck me as I read it is a lot of times when we're doing these podcasts, we talk about these highly intelligent women who are like, oh, their families were like so literate and so educated. Yeah. And they surrounded them in books and they encouraged their education. Um, And her parents definitely didn't hold her back, but that's not the kind of people they were. Oh, Mm -hmm. They weren't like, let's bury our noses in books and discuss philosophy at the dinner table kind of parents. Um, But they definitely were supportive of her. And did help her get that education through mom schooling her and then the governess and then going away to school. They also encouraged them to go out and explore the town and learn things. And even when she was done with her boarding school, they encouraged her to travel. Gotcha. So she did a little traveling after that experience. They let her live her life then. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's even better. Absolutely. So if you know your British suffragettes. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Bonnie's on it. Elizabeth's yep. younger sister okay. was Millicent Fawcett. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And I thought this was really cute because um, I'm not even counting down these facts. You guys might not believe me. And I'm throwing in <laughs> random facts. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to kind of tie these together because the other fact is that she was also lifelong friends with Emily Davies. Oh, okay. And gotcha. Emily Davies was an early feminist who helped co-found the Girton College in Cambridge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, and I just thought this was really cute that apparently um, Davies and Garrett were visiting one time and they were talking to her friend or her sister, Millicent. Right. Yeah. And they were talking about um, Elizabeth Blackwell, oh, who yeah. was the mm-hmm. first uh, American, American doctor, yeah. Yeah. female doctor, um, who was really a big is- inspiration to Elizabeth, mm-hmm. this Elizabeth. Yes. Right. Garrett. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And in fact, she met her and she attended her lecture and they were discussing her lecture on medicine as a profession for ladies. Nice. So she was talking to her sister and her dearest friend and they decided uh, they were talking about selecting careers for advancing the frontiers of women's rights. So they decided Garrett could be the doctor in the medical profession. Davies would open the doors of universities for women. And then her sister, Millicent, at that point was 13 years old. (laughs) And they allocated her politics and votes for women (gasps) as what she would do. You're like Charlie's angel. (laughs) I just thought that was really cool because then that's what her, you know, significantly younger sister ended up doing. Oh, that's so cute. And her friend... her friend Davies. Oh, I can't remember beautiful. her first name at the moment, but I assume it's Elizabeth because that was everybody's name back then. You said, I think <laughs> Emily. Elizabeth, Emily. Margaret Mary. <laughs> Emily Davies. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Another cool oh. fact about Elizabeth's life, um, and we kind of touched on this a little when we were talking about her parents, but that her father supported her radical ideas. Radical oh, ideas. Rad- oh. That women are people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. That one. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first, the her- desire to do math. <laughs> At first, her dad was kind of, you know, not on board with her becoming a doctor. Was like, well, sure. we don't do that in England. That's not a thing, right? Um, and then I thought this was, this was funny. Like, so her dad wasn't really into it, but then she, he, she brought him around, and he changed his mind and supported her financially, yes. um, and just supported her through the whole process. However, apparently, her mom was horrified. Oh God, that oh, she yeah. wanted to do this. Oh my goodness, the blood, <laughs> the blood. Right. Um, So he did his best to support her. And of course, she couldn't just go to a college and learn these things. Right. 
she instead um, went to school for nursing mm-hmm. and learned what she could there. Yeah. Um, and then she went and took, uh, like, set in on some of the classes that the men could do. Yeah. In, mm-hmm. um, like, anatomy and physiology. Right. And, but then the men started complaining and writing letters to the dean. <gasps> so there she was, was a woman in class? Yeah, so she was kicked out of those classes. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so then, but her passion is, is so strong that... Um, she actually hired private tutors oh. for any of the different subjects she wanted to learn. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get the name. So after she's done all of these different types of medical classes, and she did get um, an honor certificate in oh. chemistry oh, not a t- and t- materia. Right? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she found a loophole um, in the... Society of Apothecaries. Oh, okay. So it's like a step yeah, sure. down from yeah. doctors. Yes. She can she can practice medicine, but she's not like an MD. Oh, right. But okay. she found a loophole um, that allowed women yes. to to sit and to get the credentials. Right. To um, be an apothecarist? Apothecarist, yes. Okay, yeah. So, I made that up. I don't even know if that's... I liked it, though. <laughs> Just run with it. It's really... That's what we do. Fancy word. Right. <laughs> um. So she she brought this to the society and said, hey, there's nothing saying I can't do this. You have to let me do this. Right. And they were like, no, we're not going to let you do this. But that's how Elizabeth Blackwell got in. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh-huh. her dad says, if you don't let her do this, I'm going to sue you. <gasps> yes! <Whoa. laughs> wow. That's a dad right Mr. there. Mr. Dad businessman was like, mm, I don't mm-hmm. think so. And then the British went, oh, no. <laughs> so she was able to sit for the test and she got her LSA degree. Okay. Um, and oh, then if they only immediately was an LSD agree in <laughs> the carry. That would right. be amazing. Okay, LSA got it. <laughs> I'd like that licensed um. seller of apothecary. I'm just making stuff up. I don't know. <laughs> you want to know what it stands for? Yeah. What does LSA? Uh, go with oh, license. Oh God, what word is that? Oh no. I mean, it's licensed, but it's like a British perverted version. Okay. Oh. Licensed. A licit, oh, I don't licitant? know. Okay, person, licit- person tate? who has a license. Licitate of the Society of Apothecaries. Oh, the oh, Society okay. of Apothecaries. Got it. It's a secret society. <laughs> but you'll be shocked that this yeah. society, after giving her these credentials, oh, no. changed their rules so no more women could come in and do this. Oh, Just one. Mm-hmm. One got through. One, uh-huh. one got no through, and they had to close that door, yeah. mm-hmm. seal it, cement it. Cool. Um, so she did practice <laughs> medicine, and it was hard for her, of course, to get um, clients. Clients, yeah, patients. Yeah. I was wanting to say customers. I'm right. like, patients. I know, I know, I'm with it. Clients, yeah. patients, customers. Yeah. It was hard for her to get that, but then I guess luckily there was an outbreak of cholera. Luckily, luckily. I like. Yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> putting a question mark. mark after luckily is a good idea there. Yes, but then there was cholera. So yeah, options. <laughs> so then her her struggling uh, practice went from. You know, not Booming. many to like three thousand coming into her apothecary, oh. and then nine thousand house visits in a year. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. so well, I mean, she got three bad. three thousand new patients, and she had nine thousand three hundred outpatient visits wow. for her dispensary. She opened dispensary. I think it's also nice to note that this her dispensary was called the St. Mary's Dispensary for Women and Children. Oh, so she put like she women wanted to focus in there. on women and children yeah. with what she did. Yeah. Excellent. Good job, lady. Yes. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, she's got a British plaque. Sorry, I saw it on your phone. I know those, if you go back to that blue thing, the blue circle. Yes. That's her British plaque. She does. Look at that. Like 25 a day. Yeah, there's lots of British yeah. plaques, but I love them. No, uh, no. it's 9,000. Oh, that's, how many, yeah, oh, see, that's, that's how many patients that's, she's seeing. That was the number I was trying oh. to figure out. How many too. a day? Oh, 25. Five, wow. Wow. There you go. Oh, man. Busy lady. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what she doesn't She was super busy. She also, during this same time period of cholera, uh, became involved in a dispute with Josephine Butler. <laughs> the name sounds familiar. Yes. She was a feminist and social reformer who okay. campaigned for women's suffrage. Mm. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Um, I know at first I went Josephine Baker and I was like, yes. Right. And then I'm like, yeah. no. Josephine Butler. Um, <laughs> so Josephine kidding. Butler was uh, against a bill. Okay. That would uh, it was called the contentious or contagious disease acts bill. Okay. But she felt Butler felt like it discriminated against women, uh, and Elizabeth took the view that it's something. Oh, okay. Right. She felt like the yeah. measures provided the only mm. means of protecting innocent women and children that were available, even though they were not yeah. perfect or what they should be. It's a start, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they apparently had a very big dispute about that. I mean, I can see that you're coming at it from you know. Different points of view for the same cause. We so, still yeah. got stuff like that going on today. Like yeah. there was oh, yeah. something I forget if it was nationally or just locally here in Indiana. Something about, um, like, for women who are pregnant, some jobs don't want to let them like sit down for work or oh. stuff where it's not covered under the Disability Act because you're not disabled. Like right. they don't give you like temporary disability stuff right because you're pregnant it's not yeah yeah, yeah exactly but yeah. Mm, so some women are like we should have this and some of them are like no right. like we, we need something else something better it's not under disability yeah it just needs to be under like i don't know being a decent person mm-hmm. like, accommodations you, yeah like what if you break your leg you know what mm-hmm. i mean can yeah. you sit <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah but yeah yeah <laughs> well the next one is uh number seven is one of my favorite about her yeah she still wanted that md yeah so she literally taught herself how to speak french oh so she could go to college in france yes! to become an md right yes! which she did and she became the first in 1870 um the first woman in france to get an md Nice. Excellent. Good job. Bonjour. <laughs> oh. Bonjour. Oh, uh, that's why I'm not allowed to speak French. Yeah, please, please. Um, <laughs> and I don't have all the, like, the let's, British Medical Association. I was like, yeah. I'm highlighting stuff, so I wanted to jump out. But I don't have all the names of all the different associations. But that's anyway, yeah. she went to school in France, got her MD. So she came back and she wanted to have membership in the British Medical Association mm-hmm. so she would be recognized as a physician in yes. Britain as well. <laughs> so uh, she found, I, I don't know if it was a loophole, but they, like it, there was mm-hmm. nothing barring her from doing it. So, of course, she did it. Right. Yes. Yep. And then I think you guys do. are going right. to love this. Let me guess. They changed the rules. Yes. Yeah, they did. They, they gave her the MD. No. They changed the rules so she was the only one that could. Uh, Um, But at least she got through? Yeah. Yeah, So for like 20 years, she was the only MD Mm -hmm. in England because after she got through, they changed it so women could not Mm -hmm. sit for getting licensure Mm -hmm. and having an MD. Just one. (laughs) She sounds like she also could have been a lawyer with all this like (laughs) research and finding the I'm still thinking there's some mafia connections. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make him an awful I still have facts 9 and 10 and her life is not over yet. Oh. Bring so, it. 
Um, number nine is that she co-founded the first teaching hospital in Britain to offer courses for women. Oh, nice. good! So she got her MD, okay. and then she opened a school. Yes, because it's lifting for as we teaching climb. Yes. other women how to be doctors. Yes, yes. And that's amazing. Doing that. Um, Granted, they can't get licensed, but they can yeah, learn. They can. So because uh, she opened this school, she also became the dean of the British Medical School, which made her the first woman dean of a school. Yes! <laughs> what first is she going to reserve for anybody else, though? There you Just go. Saying. It's totally fine. Somebody's <laughs> got to be the first, and she's and getting changed the rules right, to exactly. not allow any more female <laughs> right. deans. Uh-huh. I feel bad, but I like right. it though. <laughs> Breaking glass ceilings everywhere, and then having them sealed shut. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of spoiled that, but that she was the only uh, female member of the British Medical Association for 19 years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but that's because they wouldn't let anybody else in. They changed yeah. the rules. So, uh... um, my last fact for you, yes, is that towards the end of her life, well, this was kind of sprinkled throughout. Um, but she was also active in politics in the women's suffrage movement. Yay! And in fact, I think it was like three years before she died. She died in 1917. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not three what years the- before, but in I think it was 1908. She beca- okay. became um, the first female mayor in uh, England. Oh! To the little dang. town she grew up in. That She went there oh, and they voted her as mayor. She was a mayor. Yeah, um, it was 1908. When so. was the it's right bef- to vote? A few years before ours, I want to say 1918. That's what I was thinking too. And she, yeah, died. no, she literally became mayor before she could vote for herself to be oh, mayor. Oh wow! There was not yeah. suffrage when she became mayor. Wow. Of her town of I've avoided saying it because it looks weird. Oh, was it white? Alderberg. 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 Oh yes, exactly. Was her her little berg? Look at that. Um, Cute. And she was she was part of the more um, extreme women's suffrage committees and activists right there's pictures of her with emmeline pinkhurst throwing rocks she was definitely Mm -hmm. radical um i think it was when they started doing um like they were burning people's houses down that's when she was like no i can't go that far and she broke with them um but i thought it was pretty interesting because she backed away from them but her daughter who also became a doctor um stuck with the suffrage suffragette movement I'm trying to remember in the Suffragette movie that had Meryl Streep in it, there was an apothecary lady who mm. was who was in it, who they were like, you know, ch- messages through mm. and it was a, like a delivery place, you know, for the Suffragettes. I, mm. I didn't catch up whether oh. it was a real person or it could be based on her. It could have anyway. been homage to her or her daughter. Yeah. Right. So, so her daughter's name yeah. was uh, Louisa. Oh, okay. She was also a physician um, and more militant about the suffrage movement and actually oh. spent time in prison in 1912 because right. of her suffrage okay. activities. Mm-hmm. Look at that. It could have been her, but it could have been any apothecaryist because she was teaching the other women how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I feel like I just have to give you her little Wikipedia again here so you can hear these firsts all together. Yeah, do it. Kay. Exactly. So what were her firsts? She was the first woman to. I mean, it's exhausting, isn't it? I <laughs> no, I'm proud. I mean, I'm proud. No, I'm proud of her. But I was like, <laughs> I don't think I have any first. How'd she do all this? She was the first woman to qualify in Britain as a physician and surgeon. She was the co-founder of the first hospital staffed by women, the first dean of a British medical school, 
the first woman in Britain to be elected to a school board. I forgot to tell you guys oh, about that. She did that board. like right when she was becoming um, a physician and it just was oh. kind of too much and distracting. So she didn't do that for very long. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the first mayor in Britain. Yay! So, nice. That is amazing. I know. I was like, I was looking for a science gal and she's certainly that, but I'm yeah. like, she was doing all the things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> She's very much a crossroads of a whole bunch of different things that we talk about. And what a time, like, of progress for women that she yeah. was alive in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See? I'm trailblazing. still amazed that she was able to attend a lecture in America by a female physician that they, like, let women in on that lecture. Right, true. For to her see to Blackwell? even get that, like, influence. The Blackwell it. was in um, England. Uh-huh. Oh, Blackwell came to England? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I can, if you want to know, Bonnie. Gotcha. I can tell you Miss when Blackwell, she when nasty. she met her. <laughs> uh, so Blackwell visited London in 1859 and Garrett traveled to the capital to meet her. And how she found out about her was when... Um, Elizabeth Blackwall was published in the English Women's Journal. Oh, okay. With something she wrote. So, yeah. Um, yep. Nice. And she was part of a society for promoting the employment of women. Yes. Elizabeth was. And they're the people who organized Blackwell's lectures on medicine as a profession for ladies. Yeah. And set up a private meeting between uh, Elizabeth and Elizabeth. Elizabeth nice. and Elizabeth. Yeah. A private meeting for the two Elizabeths. like, all the Elizabeths to please yes. come to the office. <laughs> but I, I thought what an incredible tie with the purpose of our library, too, because she obviously, as so yeah. many of the women we talk about do, but Make, uh, way more had, than one thing. she had mentors. Mm-hmm. Well, and yes. she had mentors. She mentored other people, yeah. um, supporting all women because she wanted to be a doctor, but she was going to discuss the topic of how can we get women in general into all of these professions. Right. Oh, I know. I'll assign my best friend to colleges, my sister mm-hmm. to getting women's votes. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Charlie's Angels. Once again. Beautiful. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Do you want to wrap us I up? I do. All right. I love it. I love it. Wherever that page may be, I, I don't got know. It. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week for another cool woman of history as Gal's Guide podcast continues. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.